Hey there, welcome to the Dressage with Amelia podcast, where it's all about breaking things down and helping you learn to love your ride. I'm your host, Amelia Newcomb. These sessions are recordings from my Facebook Live, where I answer as many questions as I can from my audience. I hope you enjoy this episode where I answer your questions about dressage. Please help me out and share this with a friend who also rides horses. It's been a few weeks. We have missed our Facebook Live for a couple of weeks. So tonight we are going to be talking about groundwork. That's our main topic because I have a groundwork webinar coming up on Sunday. We're going to be talking about No Starts November. We're going to be talking about our vacation. We're going to be talking about 10 reasons why you should do groundwork. What is groundwork? All of those good things. 10 reasons. I had trouble coming up with the three (laughs) that you asked me about. Yes, we might have a little friendly discussion about groundwork because I do a lot more groundwork than Herman does. Uh, Yeah, I'm a little bit more about crash and burn. So... Um, first thing before we get started, the reason we were not here last week is that we actually took a vacation to Hawaii. Which is actually our honeymoon nine years later. Yes, <laughs> it was It was our honeymoon nine years later, um, but we had a great time. What were your highlights from the vacation? Uh, the boat, the snorkeling trip. <laughs> Why was that your highlight? Um, I'm just teasing it really. It was so, it was it wasn't a way because I learned some things like after we had done the snorkeling and now we had five hours on the boat, I was like, wow, I don't really want to do that. But we did get to snorkel with sea turtles. That was really cool. Yeah, the, the, the captain of the boat realized that we weren't going to, because there were people who didn't really swim. Right. So there was a wide variety of uh, skill sets. So she set us off. She saw a turtle, so we swam out to it, and, uh, and I got to dive down and see it underneath the ledge, and then it started to come up. So then Amelia got to swim over, and she got to see it. So uh, that was fun. That was definitely the highlight. Those turtles, and then when we were snorkeling on the north side of the island, and we saw the mother turtles with the baby turtles, two of those. We saw two pairs of mother with baby, which were just adorable. Yeah, Those little turtles are the cutest things ever. Yeah. So that and, was great. And then we went on an epic eight-mile hike up to well, eight mile a waterfall. Four miles there and four miles back to a waterfall. But it was a very technical hike. Herman had his hiking sticks. I had my sticks. <laughs> and Amelia had all the weight. She took the backpack with the food, yes. the water, and I just had my sticks and tried to keep up. That was that. But it was amazing. When you got to the top of the waterfall and you were able to like swim under the waterfall and it was just, it was very magical. So it was super fun. I think when you have horses and dogs and all kinds of obligations, it's always really hard and stressful to leave. But I was, I was very happy. No one died. <laughs> Everyone was fine. And, uh, and Orion took care of Levi. Yes. And I think one thing with riding is that consistency is super, super important. And so I think, let me know in the chat if you're watching here live, if you go on a lot of vacations or not. My guess is that most horse people don't go on a lot of vacations. Yeah, it's a lot of staycations with the horse. Yeah. But I also think, and I said, we're so grateful to have horses and to have the life that we have. And 
I love my life. I love getting up and going to the barn and getting to ride. And so because of that, like Kauai and the vacation was awesome, but I also am so happy to come home and get to ride and be with my animals and just enjoy them. So yes, no vacations. My only vacation is going to horse Right, shows. that's what we think. For too. the last nine years, that has been our only yeah, vacation. Yeah, you go to a horse show and it's just you and your horse and nothing else. And that is kind of like a vacation. It is. Absolutely. It, is. it absolutely is. Yeah, so. I mean, that's the thing. We're all no, no, almost no. Yeah, that's yes, no vacations. That's just what we do. Yes, horses are a vacation. Anyways, okay, I wanted to talk about groundwork. I'm doing a groundwork webinar on Sunday. So click the link above or below. I hope you all can make it live. It's at 12 noon Pacific time. I will be in Oklahoma. So that will be a little bit of a challenge. Uh, my grandmother passed away, so we have to go to her funeral. So I'm going to be doing the webinar from my uncle's office in Oklahoma. Fingers crossed everything works well. Yes. Yes. But um, what is groundwork? First of all, what is groundwork? How do you define groundwork? Uh, training the horse from the ground. Yes, training the horse from the ground. I think groundwork is really anything that you do with your horse on the ground. So it's it's just how you lead, how you catch your horse, how you lead your horse to the cross ties, how you put the bridle on, how you mount your horse, how you get them into the trailer. And, and then all the other stuff too, as well as like lunging, um, in-hand work, all of that stuff. It's it's a very all-encompassing right, thing. Right, but that goes to the thing that, you know, you're always training when you're next to your horse, whether it be for good or for ill, that when you're next to your yes. horse, you're always training it. So in, in that sense, yes, everything is groundwork because all of it is training when you're next to your horse. And if you've got some bad habits, your horse will pick up on them. Yes. Absolutely. So if you ride, if you have a horse, you do groundwork. And I think it's something that a lot of uh, times we skip over or we forget or our trainer doesn't teach us the importance of those things. And it's extremely important because as her mom said, it's communication, it's trust, it's developing that partnership. And so much of the aids and the cues that we give on the ground are similar to what we do under saddle. So, you know, like teaching your horse to move away from pressure, teaching your horse to lower their head, all that stuff is very similar to when you get on. Right. Maybe. And so then when your horse already has, and that's why when you would ask me what were the three things and I was the communication, uh, the body awareness, and you in that trust so that the horse starts to think, okay, you two-legged thing, you're okay. I can do what you say. It doesn't hurt me. And then the horse's body is more familiar with the movement so that when you get on and you do it from there, the horse says, all right, I got an idea. And it doesn't panic because we'd like yes. to avoid panic on a horse. They're really yes. big. They're really strong. They're quite fast. No panic. Okay. So we have two so far, communication, trust. Let us know in the chat if you have another reason why we should do groundwork. Oh, we got there with. Uh, I have Colleen a list over here. Personal space. Personal space, yes. Uh, but personal space, I think, relates to safety, and um, it's really important that your horse understands. If you watch my YouTube video this week, it was about your space bubble, and it's always. Oh, that's why Janie and Kathy were doing that today. They oh, were, they yeah, were. Yeah, I guess they saw that. They were. <laughs> 
They're really working on that at the barn today. But the reason that a personal space bubble is important is because if your horse spooks and they are triggered with their flight instinct, they need to not run over the top of you. And if you've ever gotten stepped on or run over, it's very dangerous. And so that's why groundwork and establishing those boundaries is important because we all love our horses but they're big and they can hurt us and they not don't that they mean, mean to. to. They're not malevolent. No, they don't mean to. And, uh, for a Facebook user who put relaxation in a question mark. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Because that trust that happens when the horse is looking at you sideways and you show them, Hey, you can do this. And it helps them settle down and helps them settle down with you. And that's that trust. And that trust leads to relaxation. Yeah. One of my favorite groundwork exercises is the pull release and just teaching your horse to put their head down automatically relaxes them. Because if we think about horses when they're eating and they're relaxed, their head is down or when they're sleeping, the second something catches their eye, their head goes up. So teaching them to lower their head. It releases the everything's okay endorphins. Yes. When the head is up like that, it releases the let's get the hell out of here endorphins. We don't yes. want those. Oh, someone else said submission. That's a good reason. Yes. Yeah, for the same for the same reason. Yeah. And I think with horses submission, obedience, I mean that's all to the communication. Yeah, it it's important with horses that you're the leader and that you have clear boundaries because if you're not the leader, they will be. And horses are flight animals, so yeah. usually that doesn't go. Horses are hardwired. That's just in their nature to lead or follow. Yes. Now, some are more disposed to leading and some are more to follow, but they'll all do either. So if you don't lead, then he immediately makes you the follower and then the leader and they don't reason. And so that's not safe for them, for sure. And then us accidentally. Yes. <clears throat> okay. I have something on my list that no one has mentioned yet in the chat. That is trailer loading. <laughs> so usually people don't realize that they their horse doesn't really respect them on the ground or they don't have good ground manners until they try to trailer load their horse. And the horse says, bet me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's always important that you're really aware, you know, does your horse go forward when you lead them? Do they stop? Do they back up? Can you turn them? Because when you go to put them in a trailer, it's basically just that. It's basically just ground manners. Is your horse following you? Are they respecting you? Can you back them up? All of that stuff becomes super important for trailer loading. And then usually after you trailer load, you end up at a horse show or at a clinic. Or doing something. Doing something exciting. And one thing that I think is super important is that you establish communication with your horse on the ground in a safe, calm environment. So at home, when you're in your comfort zone, make sure that your horse is paying attention to you and responsive before you get to the horse show. Because once you're at the horse show, there's a lot of more stimulus going on and it's a little harder to get them to focus because there's just that much more stimulus. Yes. Okay, Rachel says warming up or checking out an older horse. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and this one, I can't even pronounce that. Sumer? I don't know the beginning of Sumer. Summer. Summer? What is that? The top one there? Yeah, that one. I appreciate a horse with good ground manners because 
then I get to spend my time actually riding or having quality time rather than doing groundwork. Absolutely. And I have come across, the reason that that one caught my eye is because I've come across that assuming that some things had already, they, some things with that horse, cause it was seven years old, some things should already be in existence and boy, howdy, <clears throat> there's some surprises to be had sometimes when you think a horse had had such and such training and, yeah. The next thing you know, you're stuck doing groundwork because it just won't even lead. Yeah, but that's the goal. I mean, the goal for me is that like with Harvey, my Grand Prix horse, I've had him for six years. I don't spend like 20 minutes a day drilling him on the ground. When he was five and he was like hot and crazy and just came from Europe, the majority of my time was spent doing groundwork so that I didn't, you know, have a bad experience when I rode him. But now spending like tons and tons of time doing groundwork on a daily basis. The best, the, what is it, the cost to benefit ratio? Yeah. It's just too much time with not enough benefit. At right. this point, you got to ride him and train him. Right. But that said, when I go to horse show and Harvey gets like wound up and I'm leading him around, I do go back to my groundwork skills. I put his head down. I ask him to back up. Like, I do go back to that. So it's not that it's forgotten, but I definitely feel like with young horses, the or like a new horse to you, the majority of your time is spent on the ground. Once you develop the trust in the communication, then you Next just to get on and ride. But when you have a problem, you go back to groundwork. So groundwork is like so fundamental to being able to train horses. And as a kid growing up, I always got the difficult horses that had never been ridden that no one else could ride. And the only reason that I was able to ride those horses or survive <laughs> was because of groundwork. So uh, there was another one here. Oh yeah, Anna, my horse is cold back. He's so much more comfortable when we do groundwork. Yes, that's brilliant. Yes. That does happen. Deep. There was this horse that I don't know if you were with me on that trip that we saw in Europe and it was a young horse and the horse was so tight in his back. It was this little Palomino horse and they just got on the horse and started like chasing it around the arena. And it was like had its tail pinned between its legs and it was like bronking around. And I was just so sad for the horse because if they had spent five, five minutes, minutes it doing groundwork. It would have been so much better for that horse. And so I really think that our job as horsemen is to make the best experience possible and today, for our horses. I what know. happened today? Incognito was very tight in the back. She couldn't focus at all, especially at the far end of the arena. I got off and did some groundwork. You did I, groundwork. I, wow. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> See, I you're becoming did. a believer. I got her neck down. I did turn on the forehand. She started to lower her neck. Then we did ten some years later. It only took him 10 years to become a believer. Everybody can learn. That's what <laughs> I, everybody can learn. Okay, excellent. Everyone can learn. Okay, another thing on my list why groundwork is super important is mounting. When you get on your horse, there's a stand there. Yes. And there's a very precarious moment when you swing your leg. Those are the two most dangerous times, getting off and getting on your horse. Is that statistic? Proven fact? <laughs> it's where, you know, if things are going to go wrong right then. Oh. No one can see your eyes. 
your beautiful eyes. We have new How's lights. Herman installed very nice lights behind us because my lovely mother said it always looks like I have black eyes because the shadows are on my eyes. So hopefully you can all see our see our shining eyes. But mm -hmm. mounting. So yes, when you lean forward and swing your leg over, if your horse leaves, it's you like, won't. Yes, it's very bad for everyone. And the other thing that happens with mounting is that horses vision, they see like a left image and a right image. So a lot of times it really scares, especially young horses, because they see you on the left side and then you swing your leg over and they suddenly see you on the right side and it's that time to go. freak them out. Time to go. <laughs> so it's always really important to have your horse good on the ground so that they stand there when you get on. And that goes back to the person who asked about the relaxation. Absolutely. Yes. And, and that's what happened. Yeah. Because if they're tight, like that horse that you saw tight in the back, then you get to go bronc around for a while. Yeah. And we have heard of so many accidents happen with at the mounting block. Like I think all the bad accidents we've had. The other thing is like sometimes people have this crazy idea that if they can't get on, they'll just get on in the stall. Yeah, That's I've heard not of that. Recommended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because when the horse broncs around inside the stall or down the barn aisleway after we've it breaks heard down of that the door, happening. yeah, no, yeah, there's, there's a, that's a pony club rule that you don't like walk through the barn aisle on your horse. Yeah, now, I break that rule all the time. However, there's a reason it's a rule. Yeah, but um, but all this groundwork stuff. I mean, it's like I think that it's a piece that that is missing for a lot of. A lot of horses, I think a lot of horses that end up like quote unquote problem horses or troubled horses is because they haven't had these correct foundations. Um, so what else? The aids, teaching your horse the aids from the ground. Yeah. You can. Yeah, that's the communication. I mean, the aids is what we, that's the, that's the name we give the language that yeah. we talk to horses is the aids. And so you teach them the language from the ground more basic sentences. And then when you can get on, you can do more complex sentences. Yeah. Oh, here's a good question from Lena. My horse moves her hind sideways the moment I'm on the top steps of the mounting block. How to remedy? I use the outside rein. Yes, that helps. Because uh, and then sometimes... the other thing is when they stand still, you just need to rub the color off of them. Pet them. Yeah, because here's what happens a lot of times is, um, you like your horse, you, you get up on the mounting block and then when they move, you give up. And so you've got to, when they're standing there, that's when you have to really reward them and like pet them and tell them that they're, they're good. The greatest thing under the sun. And then if they move quick, like a bunny, you've got to get off the mounting block, make them back up, make them turn, make them go to work and then make standing at the mounting block. Well, the, the happy good place. Thing. That's the happy place. And then if they move, back them up, turn them, do some changes of direction, like kind of get after them and then lead them up to the mounting block and just let them stand there and pet them. Like Herman said, just rub on them, you know, really tell them, talk to them, tell them they're good. And then try to like sneak up there, put your foot in the stirrup. If they pivot away, get, get up quickly off the mounting block, back them up make a circle to the left, make a circle to the right. But again, you have to have some groundwork skills and control of your horse's feet before you try to get them to go up to the mounting block. 
So um, that's part of what I'm going to be talking a little bit more about uh, in the webinar on Sunday. Uh, okay, I have a question for you. So oh, I hope I have the answer. Now I'm scared. <laughs> you had this horse named Q. Yes. Tell us the story. How? What happened with Q? Um, he became a Grand Prix horse. Right, but how was he when you first got him? Oh, um, I got him because he was killing people. Yes, and so describe how it went when you first got him and you decided to ride him. And how oh, old okay. were you, by the way? All right, so I was 32 or something. So young and spry. Young and spry. You get this. You get, given, this right. you get given this horse. I get this horse. Because they say, no one else could ride it. They say, you can have him for free. Just pay for the airfare. So he comes to me. And I just got on. <laughs> and then what happened? So then we went up the little trail to the arena. And he saw the arena. He leapt into the air. Spun a 180. And was galloping as fast as he could go downhill, staring at the sky. How fun was that for you? Um, you know, it was an adrenaline surge. I had to, <laughs> and you know, there was a cross tie down the bottom of this hill that he was never going to make the turn for. So I had to dismount from the gallop. I was holding the reins, dismounted from the gallop, ran alongside him, turned away from the thing. And then I approached the training differently after that day. So do you think that perhaps if you had done some groundwork first, uh, you that, know, that might have gone differently? It for sure would have gone differently. And um, I would have had a much better idea about what he did and didn't yes. know. You know, I just hopped on and boy, howdy, we were in, it was an e-ticket ride. <laughs> it was an e-ticket. But I think that and that, he got scared, and you know, then I contribute, you know, and now he's this situation scared him. I was part of that situation, yeah. you know. And horses don't reason; all they have is memory. And so, if you're there, yeah, you know, and and the bad you things are happening, yeah, right? He associates yeah. me with that event, and yeah. so that's that's never good. Yeah. So you know, you learn things as you go. You learn things. Yeah. But I think that for like for me and for probably a lot of you, I would guess, let me know in the chat, you probably don't want to get on a horse that's going to just stick their head straight up and bolt. And, you know, I mean, yeah, when when we're younger and dumber, we're more willing to just get on things. Even Albrecht mentioned and, that the other day when I was riding the mayor, he goes, you know, because we were the same age. He's just like, yeah, we just don't do things like we used to. No. We just we're just smarter about it. Yeah. But I think it's for one, for safety, right? Because you don't want to get hurt, but also for your horse. I mean, for your horse, it's so much better. Right. It, you want to avoid the trauma. Yeah. It's know? not it's, good for it, your horse. It, it just sets you back. And in Pajaski's book, it talks about it. You know, his quote is that one bad moment of riding, you know, will undo six months worth of work. Yeah. And so those events are traumatic. The horse has a memory and it grafts that memory on them. And now you've got that to deal with as well. Yeah. But but the, the flip side of that is that groundwork is a skill. Like it's something that you have to figure out and it can be really uncoordinating at first, like to hold the rope. I made him do some rope halter groundwork, which is kind of new to him and like the rope and the flag and like, you know, managing everything. And 
it's it's definitely a skill and and it's a skill that if you want to be a, like a true horseman and if you want to be independent with your horse and be able to go to horse shows and trailer load them and mount them on your own it's something that you have to invest the time into developing as a skill but that said it comes useful when you get a new horse or a young horse or you go to the horse show and your horse is a little cuckoo and you want to do some groundwork first so I think it's a really important skill and I'm glad to hear that it's slowly rubbing. I got off that mare today and it it helped her. Yes. And, and it is like, I think we all want to ride. Like, I don't know about you, but I would rather ride than do groundwork. And you're always complaining, like my feet hurt. I know. I I don't like the boots on my feet and walking around. I'd rather be in the saddle. I don't like walking around in my boots. But sometimes getting off and doing five minutes of groundwork can save you not only getting hurt, but also make it a lot better experience for your horse and end up in a better place with your horse. So, okay, I think I've convinced you all about groundwork. Come to the webinar on Sunday. The link is above or below. Invite your friends. We would love to have as many people there as possible. Um, Oh, yes, this is a good one from Lise. How did you change Q having this bad association with you? How did you end up with Q? Um, so after that event, I took my dressage saddle off. I put my jumping saddle on. I went down into the big arena down below. And um, I just took the slack out of the reins and I got the two-point position. And I let him go as fast as he needed to go until he made contact. And that took about a month. And... He just relaxed from it because I didn't put any pressure on. I just let him, because as fast as he went, he still wasn't in front of my leg. He still didn't go to the contact. And Well, he didn't accept your Right. So eventually he just was like, oh, this isn't so bad. And then after that, I could start to put my leg on and hold the reins. And he he didn't panic every time I went to put on an aid. Yeah. And Herman got him all the way up to the Grand Prix. Yeah. And then I actually got my silver Silver medal. It was cool. I when we first started dating, he let me ride him. And he was turning eight when I got him. Yeah. But Herman let me ride him for like two weeks. And then I went and I did my first pre-St. George ever. That was when I made you cry with him. I remember. Yes, he yelled at me and made me cry. (laughs) But anyways, um, I think that and I don't know that it takes a lot of courage. I have a lot of faith. I've got I, I know my horse will be just a horse. Right. And I know that I can it doesn't matter how fast they go. They're just going to go fast and I can stay on that. It isn't so much that I'm this, this, so brave. I mean, horses are going to be horses. Yeah, but you've ridden your whole life and you're very athletic and you're strong and right. So and have, you have the mental strength there where you just like you believe you yeah. believe it's going to be OK. But I think the thing with Q is that that horse could have had a very, like Q was a very honest horse and he didn't want to be bad. He didn't want to be scared. And if someone had taught him right from the beginning, he would have been fine. He would have been, been and he was an amazing athletic horse. And so he was that, he was moved like a cat. That's always the shame of it is that, Think of what you could avoid, what you could have avoided if you just spent a little time doing groundwork before, before you even got him, before all that happened. So, okay, enough about groundwork. 
no stirrups november so we're doing a little challenge in amelia's dressage club hashtag no stirrups november so ride without stirrups post your little video there but i did want to talk about there was a really interesting post that someone made about no stirrups november which was basically like is it torture for the rider and the horse to make them ride without stirrups so what do you think um not for the horse but certainly you might because you don't have a seat and you trust your stirrups too long i mean if you know how to sit the trot stirrups no stirrups it doesn't make any difference yes but i will say that i think you have to have a certain level of proficiency before you really want to start riding without stirrups like herman said if you you need to be able to sit the trot with stirrups first before doing it without stirrups because I've seen some people that like with beginner riders, they're already like taking away their stirrups. And if you're bouncing on your horse's back, like really badly, that's not going to be so nice for your horse. You disagree. Um, yeah, I just, I can only go with my experience. You know, when I first learned how to ride, they took my stirrups, they took my reins, they put me on the end of a lunge line. I did that five days a week. Wow. And times have changed. I learned how to sit. Yeah. But yes. And that is like, I mean, I think that, that times have changed. And I do think that there is that like, okay, in an ideal world, if you're learning to ride as a kid, and you have a really good lesson horse that you can do that on, great. But I think that for most horses, like if if they get really tense and anxious when you're riding without stirrups because you're bouncing on them and your horse starts to get tense, then I don't think that it's so productive. And like this person's question, what did it teach you to grip um the, the thing about being lunged you get lunged long enough until you can no longer grip your legs are so tired that you no longer <laughs> grip and, and mother nature takes over and then you start to move your hips with the rhythm of the horse because at some point you can't grip anymore your legs get too tired and when they soften now your hips move and you go in the rhythm of the horse yeah so, now that's not for everybody. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Mark says, in my lesson, stirrups are a treat. We're always riding those stirrups. Yeah. So, okay. So the and benefit. I remember being at, at Foxfield too, and we had to post without stirrups, you know, in each direction. Yeah. The, the <clears throat> benefit to riding without stirrups is that it does really develop your seat and your balance. Like there's no question about that. The downside to riding without stirrups is that you're less balanced, you're less secure. And if you're really out of balance, it can be uncomfortable with the horse. Right. But the thing is that the stirrups then give you a false sense of security because the, then they're pushing like they would on the ground, pushing against the stirrups, right? They're seeking that, that grounding through their feet and no longer in the saddle. Yes. They're not sitting in the saddle. I've got my stirrups. And then they stand in the stirrups like they do walking on the ground and they're not sitting. Yeah. But 
I like you don't take your stirrups away on a young green horse that's like ready to come unglued, do you? I have. <laughs> I haven't seen you do it recently. So, <laughs> so here's my takeaways about no syrups november yes levi's Levi is, back there levi's he, he's is, the best. yes riding without stirrups is a very good way to develop your seat i would recommend starting at the walk that's something that herman does a lot with his students no is stirrups at the walk. yeah just drop your stirrups lengthen your leg feel your seat get deeper into the saddle do some little ankle circles that's a really great way to start building up to riding the, with us. And for stirrups. the people that I'm not going to do the lunging with and make them so tired that they do just follow the rhythm. Which is most. Which is most. All of them <laughs> now. I don't have kids anymore. Um, I do posting, sitting, posting, sitting, and make sure that the rhythm stays with the same. Stirrups. With stirrups. Well, yeah, they keep their stirrups. Yeah. They post, they sit, they post, they sit, and yeah. keep the rhythm the same. Yeah. Because you know that if they sit and the rhythm changes, they're still standing in the stirrups when they go to sit down. Yes. And then once you feel like your sitting trot is pretty good and also safety first. So once you feel like your horse is really relaxed and trustworthy and you can sit the trot and you're good with taking off your stirrups, then I would try doing a little bit of sitting trot without stirrups. But I'm a big believer in with anything sitting trot that it's quality over quantity. So do, you know, a a circle or whatever you can. And when you start getting tired and bouncing, then walk and start it up again. Because I think that that is really in the end, the best experience for you and for your horse. But there's obviously different opinions about no stirrups. So, so, but to answer that, I, if you're banging around on your horse's back, yeah, that's not nice. Yeah. That's not and some horses so are that. some horses are more tolerant of it than others. So uh, if you are blessed to be riding a really good school horse, school horses are worth their weight in gold because they're it doesn't bother them so much. Like if you bounce around a little bit, they just keep going. They don't really care. Right. It's the horses that get nervous from it and then yeah. their necks come up and then their back is hollow. Yeah. Now it's a problem. But if the horse is keeping his neck down and keeping a steady rhythm and his back is up and giving you somewhere to sit and you can't sit it and you're bouncing around, yeah. that's a whole different scenario. Yeah. So there it is. The debate about no stirrups. All righty, everyone. I hope to see you on, on Sunday. Sunday, 12 noon Pacific time. We're going to be talking, well, I'm going to be talking even more about groundwork. I have some really awesome slides to show you. So I hope you can make it. And if not, we'll see you next Thursday. Good night, everyone. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for all of your awesome questions. And I hope you learned something new from listening. If you're new to the podcast and you'd like a question answered on a future one, get on touch on Facebook through Amelia's Dressage Club, Instagram at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, or YouTube at Amelia Newcomb Dressage, and mark the question for the live sessions. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you like it, please share it, review it, and tune in again next week. Thanks so much and happy riding.